podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. episode of the Nina Kaza show I feel like I'm pulling the short straw here constantly talking about droughts whilst um, the post-match uh, host Guy Drinkle gets all the exciting European um, uh, wins and results but here I am nil-nil it finished at Stoke City to me a bit frustrating yada 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 but it's not about that I have two amazing panelists and some excellent callers lined up for you so sit back relax and hopefully hopefully these guys will provide some kind of soothing therapy for you so up in uh, in the panels today, I have. It's been a long time since he's been on this show. Uh, it's it's the co-host of the Writers Podcast, a writer and a contributor to Anfield Index. He's awesome. It's Mr. Tom Holmes. Tom, welcome to the show. Hi, Anita. Yeah, uh, feels like it's been ages. Um, yeah, pretty pretty crap today all round, to be honest with you. So we'll see. Mm, we will. We will. And you know what? This pod won't be complete without a talking idiot. So I present to you, Mr. Cambridge. <laughs> well, I'm really pleased to be on the first Nina Kauser preview show for the Liverpool versus Stoke game. What time kickoff? Oh no, we've had it, haven't we? Oh, um, yeah, I slept I through think, it. Yeah, I slept I through the, it. I'm sorry. I think, I majority, yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people did seriously. But guys, thank you so much for coming on. We have some awesome callers lined up, like I said. So you know what? We're going to go straight into that. First up, we have AI writer. Also, you've heard him many a times on the Writers Podcast with Tom Holmes. It's Ash Hebbs. Ash, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nina. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Not good. <laughs> bad question. Bad question. It was a horrible game today, wasn't it? Just mm-hmm. uh, nerve-wracking watching that game. And uh, they gave us a few fights as well. So, so it's a few through, but, you know, sort of biting the nail stuff today, really. It really was. It really was. And I've kind of noticed a pattern as well. I'm just going to throw it out there. You know, when it comes near my birthday or thereabouts, I literally <laughs> just disrespect it and always lose a draw. I'm sick to death of it. It's like, can oh, you not dear. respect me for oh, one dear. year? You know, literally. But Ash, um, I want to get your thoughts and points um, on that game. So please share away. Um, Cam and, uh, you know, Tom, they're the, they're the guests today. Yep. No worries. No worries. Yeah, I think um, disappointing result, wasn't it really? You know, we, we just wanted to get that breakthrough today and um, would have been great to relegate Stoke, you know, um, a nemesis of ours for many years, you know, over the previous campaigns. Uh, but I think, you know, all things considered, maybe it was the best we could have hoped for in the circumstances when you consider, you know, um, they were scrapping for their lives. They weren't going to give us anything for free today. Um, we've just come off the back of a, you know, incredible physically, mentally gruelling performance against Roman midweek, number of our key players not 100% fresh. You know, you've got a number of players also coming into the squad today and into the first team. You know, they've not had many games and just lacking that sharpness themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you sensed it was always going to be a bit of a war of attrition today. I think in the general fan base, there was that sense it wasn't going to be straightforward. Um, but it's, you know, football's a funny game, isn't it? It's all about these key moments and getting the breaks at the right time. And if Salah scores that goal after five minutes, and you know, you'd have put your mortgage on him, tucking that away. It's a potentially a different game today. Um, but once that didn't go in, you know, Stoke battened down the hatches a bit. Um, we had a few chances, you know, I think we did did enough to win. Um, but in many ways, it was it was a nervy, nervy performance. And I don't know about you guys, but it reminded me a lot of that frustrating 0-0 draw at home to Southampton last season, as the campaign was drawing to an end. Had a lot of similarities to that game where, you know, the team just just lacked the right pass at the right time. One touch too many on key moments, you know, where it just needed the game just needed to be, you know, sped up a bit um, and pick them apart. And I think we could have played football a bit better today. You know, too many shots, you know, pot shots from range, lack of composure, a lot of corners just going long, you know, massive team. Um, and, you know, you're not going to really win many headers against them. So I thought, thought you know, we could have maybe... Maybe played a few short corners, just just mix things up a bit. Um, and also, you know, the ref was never going to give us anything today. You know, 
no favourable decisions. The, the, the offside for Ings was sort of 50-50, you know. Another Lino could have given that, um, could have had a couple of penalties as well. And just, you sense, you know, if we weren't going to get any help today. Um, so I think disappointing result overall, but considering all the, you know, the game conditions, refereeing decisions going against us again, um, I think I'll take the point today, to be honest, as disappointing as it is. Mm. You know what? You're bringing up Southampton from last season. I mean, I can't remember who we played last week. I'm like, is that they're thinking, <laughs> really? He wants to go that far? Yeah, no, just yeah. so many shades of that game, you know, and uh, the key moments. We didn't really get, you know, last season, you remember Milner had that penalty and he, he, it was saved by Forster. Yes, I do remember that. Actually, we didn't quite get that key breakthrough well. moment today. Yeah. Um, Maybe that fifth minute chance for Salah when he's one on one, that that was a big moment, you know, and that could have really changed the complexion of the game. But mm. other than that, you know, it was more hope than uh, expecting to win today, I think. Absolutely. And Tom, I'm going to come to you first. I want to get your thoughts on what Ash said as well. And I've picked up a few, um, you know, because there was a lot of points to be made there. But for me, um, I think, he, you know, it's it's an excellent point that, you know, the these relegation teams are like the toughest opposition to face. We know that. We know this. You know, we had West Brom who are fighting for their lives. You, you really don't want to play them at this time because they are far more threatening than anything. And, you know, given the fact that, well, last season it was a frustrating game and this season, this one was a bit of a frustrating game, all things considered. But this season we are actually in a semi-final of a, of a Champions League. You know, like... There is a reason why players had to be rested, rotation had to be done. I want to get your thoughts on that. It's it's one of those games. I feel like we've seen this kind of game a million times before recently, um, but we haven't seen it in a while. And I think there are maybe some factors that that, that kind of play in. I think the fullbacks are really important today. I've I've noticed this time and again when Robertson and Trent aren't playing, and when they aren't playing in the fullback positions, we really lack so much danger from from width. We don't. Don't have any. I, I don't think. I mean, Gomez was woeful today. Absolutely woeful. Mm. Moreno was okay. I thought he made some mistakes. I thought he made some decent crosses, but I didn't think he played exceptionally well. I don't think he played uh, brilliantly at all. Uh, we had no interplay on the left hand side because Ings was replacing Mane. Mane was a big miss today, so we had no interplay on the left hand side. We had n- very little interplay on the right hand side, which just meant that the game was so narrow. And when it is narrow, you need someone in the midfield to kind of play with that creativity and I think when we were playing with Trent in midfield I thought Trent played played pretty well um Genie played like Genie Henderson was decent as well I thought so I didn't think we were bad at all especially in the midfield area it just felt like today just things just didn't quite go away it's one of those things isn't it you know on another day we win this game three or four nil because Salah had a big chance Trent had a big chance Ings was you know a millimeters offside um ref could have given two three four penalties it was just it was just one of those days, and I think we've had these sorts of days quite a lot this season. But I think for me, the key difference today was the fullbacks, um, because I think if you look at the games we've, you look at these sorts of games when we've had Gomez and Moreno playing as the fullbacks, we have tended to drop points in these games. Whereas when we've had Trent and um, Robertson playing, we haven't really, because I think both Trent and Robertson offer something different. They stretch the defenses a bit more. So I think I think that if you if you ask me what the key difference was today. With the rotation, it was the fullbacks, and I think that that for me was the big issue. I think there was a multitude of factors in terms of the rotation and in terms of tiredness as well. Neither Salah nor Bobby really looked up for the game at all. Although to be fair to Salah, he was manhandled consistently for ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think there's a lot of things to factor in. Mo couldn't get in the game because the referee wouldn't let him get in the game. And equally, we've had a lot of those games last season where this would have ended one 0 to Stoke. So I think nil nil is maybe a testament to a lot of factors. I think it's also a sign of how, how far this side has improved that we consider this sort of result to be a disaster rather than another typical Liverpool performance. There's some really interesting points there and a really interesting thought there about the fullbacks. Cam, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to get your thoughts on you know what Ash has said and also what Thomas said there. Fullbacks and he sort of spoke about their narrow play. And I think another thing as well for me today, Tom touched on this as well, the midfield just did not have that creative kind of spark. So I think... It just looked a little, a little out of ideas, and I think the reason why a lot of people would be frustrated and are a lot frustrated is the fact that, yeah, more missed a chance, and it was a big chance. It was a one-on-one, and you know, I thought, okay, he's missed that. He's going to get a few more later on in the game because he spoiled us a fair bit this season. But I think the reason why we're leaving feeling so angry and so frustrated and so pissed off is the fact that the officials really do not help us. Like there was many a calls for penalties that any other team would have got 
and I'm starting to believe the theory more and more of um, uh, Tom Paul Tompkins of you know referees just not giving us anything. It really yeah. is that simple. Yeah, the referees are definitely not doing us any favours. Um, the first penalty incident um, that I recall was the uh, where Mo was pulled, his, mm. his arm was pulled in the area by Peters, and the referee would play on, play on. You know what my favourite part of that commentary was? Go on. The commentator turned around and said, oh, I don't know if he had his hand, if he had, if he was holding his arm or holding his shirt. And then the other commentator, I can't remember their fucking names, that's how irrelevant no. they are to me. He turned and goes, he didn't hold it for long enough, which is why it wasn't a penalty. So now there's a duration as to how yeah. long you can hold a player's shirt. I'm fucking done. It, it's, it, it, well, that's just this poor commentary ultimately, isn't mm. it? So um, I, I'm actually tempted now to try and... Uh, uh, change my commentary to Arabic because that's just so much more exciting. Um, but, um, yeah, so that was, if the referees wave play on, he's, he's waving play on because he's acknowledging there's a foul, but he feels there's an advantage. Well, the advantage was the penalty. Yeah. It, it's, it's a no brainer. The second one, it's a penalty because, um, okay, he's on by his side, but it's, it's as far out as what Milner's was. On Tuesday, it's probably further out away from his body. So this is why you see defenders now tucking their arms in behind their back whenever they're trying to defend across because they don't want to take that risk. Why are they doing that? So there was there was case for two penalties, but ultimately, if if we're coming down to you know to rely on um, uh, referees' decisions, crucial decisions like that to win a game, it proves how poor we were in the rest of the game. And ultimately, we were poor. Um, Tom was absolutely spot on. Um, in the clock system, it's all about the, uh, the fullbacks giving the width because your Marnes, your Salas, they're, they're going to tuck in. Your midfielders are not naturally wide midfielders. They're going to be tucking in. So it's all about the fullbacks getting into, getting into wide, forward, wide positions and attacking the box for us. We didn't have that today. But, uh, Gomez doesn't do that. So if Gomez doesn't do that, don't expect anything on the right. Moreno put in a couple of good crosses. There was a one in the first half for Mo, which was just a little bit overhit, and then there was another one in the second half, which uh, Zuma just turned around the post, and Mo was right behind him. Um, so, Albi was okay. Gomez was was woeful today. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't didn't provide anything in any way, shape, or form. Almost cost us a uh, could have potentially cost us a goal with a. Some sloppy play as well, but he he did recover to make the block. But you know he, sh- he shouldn't have been having to go back to make the block in the first place. So um, the midfield for me today, no creativity, nobody driving at that that defence. If if your fullbacks are not going to do it, you're relying on your midfield then to drive in and create panic and create pressure. That you look at the edge of that penalty area, there was eight Stoke players, nine Stoke players in and around the 18-yard line and the D. They were just blocking it up. There was no way through there. And how in 90 minutes there's nothing going out onto that pitch to say to the players, get it wide, get it wide, get it wide, move it, fast interchange, give and go. Um, some of Henderson's passing today was was really poor. He was he was overhitting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you you need you need your uh, your, your midfield to really step up and today they didn't but we didn't lose ultimately and we, we didn't have to win today let's not forget that a, a point next week at, at Stamford Bridge that's 73 points that's all that um, Chelsea can then manage and then they've got to overturn an 18-20 goal uh, goal difference as well so it, it's not the end of the world today just getting a point you know what, Cam, I'm glad you said that because um, uh, I really don't know anything about how many points somebody needs. I mean, uh, Gab Marcotti was on my previous Euro Incision show and he was like trying to comfort me and stuff. So I'm glad you're here for, uh, filling <laughs> that void. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Ash, I'm going to come back to you. Of course, you know, the lads have responded to some, you know, positivity from what you were saying. So I'm going to let you have the final word here on what the lads have said, you know, um, any points that you'd like to raise as well. Sure, sure. No, some superb points there from Cam, actually. I, I totally agree with what he was saying there, uh, Tom, as well. Um, but no, I think, you know, we live to fight another day. Uh, we didn't need to win today. Um, there's a couple of battles to come. Let's just get through this Roma game midweek now. 
once we've got that, we've got a bit of kind of breathing space. And I mean, to be honest, I see the Chelsea game almost as a free hit in many ways because we should be expecting to beat Brighton. So um, I think the pressure will be on Chelsea next week, not us. So it's almost like a free pass, I think, that game. And sometimes that's where we're at our most dangerous. Chelsea will need to come at us a bit. Um, and then that that's just ready made for our you know, capitalising on the space that they leave behind. But I think, yeah, some of the points that Cam was making, I think we know, we know we've seen all the flaws in this, this current team. As well as we're doing, there are still some flaws um, and the weaknesses are clear for everybody to see. But I think sometimes, you know, tactics and all that sort of stuff just goes out the window. Today was always going to be difficult. Um, we've got a point out of it. Um, but also trying to not get players injured as well you could sense that well, straight away thing. as well that's you know thing. Yeah, managing yeah, players absolutely nina and you know you're playing a bunch of thugs that are kicking you off the park i mean there's going to be an element of self-preservation in all our players and they're not going to necessarily take the risks in terms of taking on certain dribbles and things like that and it all plays on their mind and um at the end of the day Klopp knows what he needs to do in the summer to address some of these weaknesses but we're still you know we're still good enough to to deliver on the, our targets this season. So, um, yeah, we, as I say, we live to fight another day. You know what wise words, Ash, and, uh, you know, thank you for um, giving me some comfort. At least I feel better about it already. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ash. <laughs> Good. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of philosophical about this one. Disappointing result, but it's mm. a point. And as yes. I say, you know, far from over this, this top four challenge. So, um, you know, we'll do it. We'll do it. Love it, love it, love it. And I'm sure my uh, the listeners absolutely love them points as well. Well, Ash, thank you so much. Hopefully we Pleasure. get into that final and, you know, we're absolutely buzzing. And, you know, you take care. And you guys, yep, speak to you soon. Cheers then. Thank you, Ash. Yes, bye-bye. So that was Ash Hebs, our first caller. We're going to move on to our second caller, Robert Badman from Blue Mountains, west of Sydney, Australia. You can follow him on Twitter at RiverGumRob. Woohoo! I did not butcher a Twitter handle. I'm growing <laughs> the fuck up. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks very much, Nina. Well done. Well done with the name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> So, um, of course, um, I know it's ridiculous o'clock where you are right now. So I want to hear your thoughts, your points, what you took away from that game. And obviously, we'll discuss them with the panel. Yeah, well, the, the time's actually pretty good. It's only midnight. So these early games for you guys, as much as they probably suck being, you know, around lunchtime, it's great for us here because it's 9.30 on Saturday night that they kick off. So um, it works really, really nicely. Uh, except that we can tell that the crowd is definitely a bit muted. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about, I guess it's a bit of a kind of a bigger question, maybe a bit of a macro question looking at kind of the season, because I felt like this game was just another example of the difference between us and, and Man City. Um, looking at the table, we've had 12 draws over the, the 36 games that we've played. The only two teams that have had more draws than us are West Brom and Southampton. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty enormous stat. And, you know, we've had the draws against against West Brom, against Everton, now against Stoke. We've had some draws against better teams. Oh, we had one against Watford. Um, the, those games really, to me, stand out as the difference. The, the losses that we've had, you know, th those things happen. Um, there's not been too many of them. But to me, there's just something that happens with these games every now and then when it it just looks like we, we, we just can't come to the races. Um, sometimes it's circumstantial, and today definitely that, that played a role. Um, but I really have trouble putting my finger on what this difference is and, and why we just seem to get these games sometimes when all of the pace comes out of the game. Like looking at it around, you know, 60th, 70th minute, I was thinking, this is, this is a pretty big deal what's going on right now. And yet they seem to just be sort of, you know, rolling it around the arc at the back again. Like, like, uh, like was talked about just before Henderson sort of sprang these big passes, a lot of, a lot of hit and hope sort of action. And I wonder if there's, I don't know, uh, some sort of mindset thing going on or whether the players just really struggle with these games when they know that, um, uh, that you know, that, that it's sort of another one. It's another one of these games um, that's that's a draw. I mean, looking at today's stats, Stoke had 56% passing accuracy, which is pretty terrible. And yet still for us to be able to break that down um, becomes an issue. I remember talking about it on the show 12 months ago. And and it's still it's still there a bit. Um, I don't really know what we do about that. And I was looking at the game, thinking, what what would I do? What how can you sort of get a bit more oomph in there, or 
or something that's going to break it up because I really do think in, in competitions like the Champions League, we've got no problem. People have to play to win, but we're going to come up against this time and time again in the Premier League. And tonight just felt like another example of why we haven't yet won the Premier League. I think we will one day soon, hopefully, but I think it's sort of another example of why we haven't. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. That felt a bit more long-winded than I, than I meant. <laughs> No, I love that. I think you made some really excellent points. I mean, Tom, I'll come to you because I've not heard from you in a while. I want to get your um, response to what Rob said there because some of these draws have been truly frustrating and I think today is the same thing as well. And I want to get your thoughts on the fact that Liverpool looked a little, um, I don't know, a little lacklustre, like, I don't know, not not their usual selves. Um, the intensity wasn't there. I think a lot of this is, you can get frustrated. First of all, there's been a lot of changes to the starting 11 from Roma. You've got to appreciate that. You've got to respect that. that Things will not click like they, they usually would, like the first team usually does. Another thing as well, I think with all the injuries that have been happening in midfield, I think a lot of them are a bit cautious as to how far they will overexert themselves in a game. Personally, that's my theory. I think there's a lot of factors to take into account. Um, the first one for me is that how many of those draws have been after after Champions League games? I think it's at least half. I'm, I haven't got the exact numbers to hand, but it's I'm a pretty good sure shout. it's something, mm. like, something like seven. I don't think it's far away from seven. So, you know, that is a factor. Tiredness is going to play in a factor, especially when you play in a Klopp system. You look at someone like, for example, James Milner covered 13.5k, I think, again in midweek. So he's not going to be starting this weekend, is he? Um, you've got factors like that. Tiredness is going to play into it, especially later on in games when we've been working hard again. Um, so I think that is clearly a factor. A lack of creativity is certainly an issue from the midfield, but there's also a lack of movement from the front three sometimes because players like Bobby, players like Salah, they uh, they they really prefer to be able to run in behind players. So when the when the Stoke back four is so deep, they can't find pockets of space in and around that back four which means that there is no one to pass to. That's why the passing from midfield is so poor because you, you don't have anyone to pass to for me a lot of the time it's they're they're shifting it back and forth they're trying to move stokes defense but stokes defense aren't budging so they've got no one to pass to and eventually everyone just looks at hendo and goes hendo you've got to play this pass mate so eventually he has to try a more difficult pass that is inevitably going to end up with a lower percentage accuracy which is why he makes so many passes because nobody else is willing to take the responsibility of beating someone in the middle of the park and a lot of the time it's because there is no one to beat in the middle of the park because stokes midfield is so deep that there isn't really the opportunity there for someone to go and beat a man in midfield to create and generate a bit of space. So that, I think, is another issue. Um, so I think there's a multitude of factors there. But for me, one factor that jumps above all else is the refereeing. And I know that sounds like a cliche or like a problem. But the simple fact is, how many of those draws have been down to very, very poor refereeing? Watford, You're right. Watford, You're right. Re- wretched refereeing. West Brom, both West Brom games, absolutely terrible refereeing. The Everton draw, terrible refereeing. Today, again... Could have had two, three, four penalties. Absolutely terrible refereeing. It just keeps on happening to us. Man United, bad refereeing. Um, uh, the Chelsea game, to an extent, I think was was a Ch- Chelsea game was a bit of bad luck. So I think there are these kind of factors where bad luck is playing its factor. Refereeing is is playing a factor, and it's really frustrating. Burnley, there's there's another one where we should have had a stonewall penalty, and it's just like, what can you do if you're not getting penalties at Anfield that they're at the rate that Man City are, that Man United will? What can you do about it? You, to me, I just I look at today and I just think sometimes you've just got to say it's not our day. And I think days like today are happening less, even as the season's going on. But equally, it's it's bad misses. And sometimes sometimes that is just bad luck because Salah's been sticking goals in for fun. But today he gets one chance and he misses it. On another day, he gets two chances and scores one. On another day, he gets one, scores one. So sometimes it's just a, just a case of a number of factors all piling up at once. And it does feel like it happens to us a lot. But I think the re- I think the standard refereeing in the Premier League just keeps costing us week in week out. And for me, the amount of games I've come out of where I'm sitting here today, where I'm, I'm going, the only person I I really feel like I can blame is the ref. Mm-hmm. And it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And it's really really aggravating because I the amount of times I've sat here go after a game going, we should have won that. The ref cost us two points. It's just mm. staggering, staggering. Yeah, I was really pissed off. I think there was even a point um, when I think Ginny Wijnaldum was um, on near enough the edge of the box and he was trying to turn and Mariner just got completely in his way. I've never, ever lost my shit so badly. Like, why are you... Like, he just infuriated me from start to go today. Cam, I'm going to come to you. You've heard what Tom said. You, you've heard Rob's points. These draws are the difference between a Manchester City and us potentially winning a league. Uh, we need to rectify this. And I think the... 
And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that, as Tom said, these refs have cost us a game. I think Tom's made some excellent points there. Cam, I want to get your thoughts on this, that a lot of these draws have happened when we're involved in the Champions League. Three that spring to my mind is the uh, Merseyside derby, the pointless game, last yeah. week against West Brom, and of course, Stock City. That's three right there. That's a yeah. quarter of what we're talking about. Yeah, there's, there's been five, actually, up to Champions League, and I'm just looking at all the results. Ooh, um, go on. Yeah, um, we could start from the first game of the season. Watford, um, we drew that because of a, I think it was a Gini mistake with the header. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a, an individual error. Uh, the next draw we had was, uh, Burnley. And we, again, that, that was a referee, like Tom said. Uh, the next draw after that was Newcastle away, Lovren mistake. Um, the next draw after that was United at home. Um, you could say that was, Good tactics from United because they came for a point. Um, next draw after that was Chelsea after the Seville game. Um, and that was, uh, possibly a, a fluke goal from, uh, uh, William. So, and possibly a mistake from Muggs. Uh, next draw after that was, uh, after the Spartak Moscow game against Everton 1-1, uh, a penalty that never was. Um, so next game, next draw was uh, Arsenal away, uh, Mignolet and Emre Chan letting players run past him. Uh, next draw after that was uh, Tottenham, and that was the referee. So you know it's a mixture of uh, players and and referees in their individual errors. And what what's going to happen is what I think will happen now is you know Klopp's obviously he's not he's not stupid. And he'll, he'll, have, he'll have noted all this and he'll have seen, right, players keep making mistakes. If they're going to keep making these mistakes, you've you just got to bin them off. You've got to get them out of the team. How long do you keep giving them? How long do you give a player who continually makes mistakes? We can't do anything about the referees. But what is in, within our control is players. We get better players in. Start getting better players in, and that will hopefully eliminate those mistakes that are costing us these two points in these games. And that's the difference between a title-winning side and ourselves, isn't it? Because you look at like the Champions League game, for example, and uh, Rob, by all means, do come in at this point as well. You look at the Champions League game against Roma. We took off Mosala and brought on Danny Ings. That's no disrespect to Danny Ings, but I think we can all safely say that there is a massive gulf in terms of quality and a massive drop-off. Right, you look at say a team like Bayern Munich against Real Madrid. They had two major injuries in Iron Robin and Boateng. Who do they bring on? Thiago and they bring on Sule. Like different, different gravy, isn't it? Yeah, and look at Man City's bench, for example. Even look at Manchester United's bench. That I think that is a difference between you being serious title contenders or you just having the most phenomenal front, um, uh, starting eleven. And hoping that nothing happens to them. I think that's the difference right there. And Cam, I think you've, you've hit on something really important there. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we've only got a squad good enough to really challenge for one or two competitions in the season. And it's almost all your eggs are in that basket. This season, it's turned into Champions League. That's, that's our holy grail now. We were qualified for Champions League again next season. I have no doubt of that. But we, we don't have the squad and that's been shown today by the quality of the players on the pitch who are unable to beat a team that is near the bottom of the table. And that's two weeks running now. We've, you know, we've, we've failed to do that. And that is a worry for me going forward mm. and it needs to be addressed in the summer. Fabulous points there from both of you guys. Rob, I am going to come to you now. You've heard what's, what's mm-hmm. been said. Tom saying that, you know, yeah, we missed chances, like Mo Salah missed a chance, but he's human. You know, you expect him to score a fair few more. Referees certainly don't help our cause, and that's why we've drawn a, a lot of games, a lot of these games. And uh, Cam saying, basically, when Klopp has to rotate these players to prevent injury, the quality isn't just simply isn't there in terms of what's on the bench. Uh, I'll let you have the final word on that. Yeah, well, I mean, firstly, some really, really great points um, from, from Tom and Cam. I hadn't really... I mean, obviously, I realise there's been a bunch of um, poor refereeing decisions across the season, but I hadn't really put the correlation together between those particular games and some of those situations. My memory for the games is obviously not quite as good as you guys. Um, but you can really see where that's kind of lined up. But as as Cam was just saying, you know, that that 
that's something we have no control over. Um, I think we've obviously been hard done by in terms of injuries in the last little bit and letting Coutinho go and things like that. I mean, I was sort of thinking in this game, wow, if we had Coutinho in there, this is just one of those games he could he could sort out. He could just, you know, he scored some worldies against Stoke before. Um, and, and, you know, he was often there to, to sort of break down a, a game that had just been really drab and he might have been rubbish for 60 minutes and then just put in an, an absolute bomb. Um, so I think we're missing that, obviously, having, you know, if we had Chan in there, if we had Ox, if we had Lalana, if we had Coutinho, suddenly our squad depth is looking different. But you've got a very good point about, about the strikers and, and, you know, like in the, in the Premier League, pulling off Firmino, pulling on Ings. Um, it's, it is a very different thing. But I think we're a big enough club. We have uh, enough funds to, to do something about that. And I think it is a really, a scary, sort of scary drop off. Um, I noticed this a couple of years ago when we were sort of building up towards that Europa League final and the semi-finals and those sort of things where we're, you know, putting in uh, Jordan Ibe as, as sort of an absolute focal point and, and sort of Origi and things like that. And just th- some of those games were so frustrating towards the end. And I'm not trying to be um, – I mean, it'd be nice to win absolutely everything. I'm not completely bothered by this result, maybe not as much as, as some of you because, you know, it, it's such a, a fantastic thing that it looks like we're going to be in the final of the Champions League and I would take, you know, I would take that over um, over this. But, but again, at the, by the same token, we want to be in that mix for next year. Um, so I think it's, yeah, some really good things that you've added. I just, I, I guess... Building off that, the only thing that we can do about it is is try to add some some squad depth there because injuries will happen, mm-hmm. bad refereeing decisions will happen, um, and and it's the only thing that we can that we can mm. control. I mean, we, I almost was wishing for Lucas today. I actually really like Lucas, but I was going just just some someone in there who's not Gomez or something to just sort of bring some experience to what was going on. I was very surprised Woodburn didn't play as well. Um, mm. I was worried Henderson was going to get injured and, and things like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, just kind of the way that it's, that it's gone, I guess. I wanted to give one particular mention just to, to Trent Alexander Arnold. I know that he didn't have a perfect game, but my goodness, the energy that he rattles around with is just so exciting. Um, every time he was on the ball, that was, that was when I felt like something might happen because he just obviously, he just loves what he's doing. He loves the club so much. Um, my wife had twins last week, which has been really yeah, exciting. And I was joking with a friend. <laughs> Thank you. I was joking with a friend that if we had if we had two boys, I should have named them Alexander and Arnold. But we had a boy and a girl, <laughs> so that didn't work. Um, you could have called Alexandria. Alex. Alexandria. Alex, yeah, that's, that wouldn't have got past my wife. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no Liverpool-themed names. Um, but it, so, I mean, obviously, I'm not that bothered by the game. Anyway, I've got other things to think about at the moment. But... Um, but I just think he's such an exciting prospect and, and I look at, at what he brings to a game like this and the amount of energy. And I think if that's going to inspire some of the other young guys coming through the academy, like Woodburn and, and, you know, yeah. Curtis Jones, Brewster and stuff like that, I actually would have liked to see it. We obviously can't bring too many of them on, but, but maybe one more of those guys on the pitch today just to bring that, that energy, um, might have been a lot of fun. But anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> It is, absolutely. And I'm just going to end this on this point. Uh, I think you've all made some brilliant points. And, you know, Cam, you know, pretty much, you know, we're, we're all pretty confident that we will get Champions League football. My concern is, I mean, and you all seem to think that it's it's going to be positive. My concern is, had some of them draws, like today, had it been a win and we won some of the previous games that were drawn, we would have been in a much more comfortable situation right now because mm. we know that Champions League is boxed off. We can play all the youngsters, rest our players, so they are fully fresh and fully fit for the Champions League, not worry about injuries. So for me, it's a bit of a vicious cycle that we're leaving it lastminute.com. And that's where the sort of stress and the anxiety kicks in for me. Yeah, we sort of keep doing that so, that to ourselves every year, don't we? Or at least the last few years, it feels mm. like the, the end of the season is always this nail-biter that it just doesn't need to be because we're clearly one of the best four sides in the league because we're clearly one of the best four sides in Europe, but mm. it just doesn't quite come together there. Um, and that's what that's what's sort of bamboozling me, because it's it's very hard to rationalise in, in a lot of ways. But anyway. Absolutely, Rob. Well, you know what? Those sleepless nights, enjoy them. Uh, not one, <laughs> At least not there's Liverpool games two. to watch. <laughs> Oh, bless you. You know what? Well, once again, congratulations to you. Thank you so much for calling. 
and mm-hmm. hopefully Liverpool make that final and we actually win it and you know we get top four and we're all happy customers it'd be amazing that'd be great <laughs> yes you take care Rod thank you you too thank you bye So that was our second caller, Robert Badman. We're going to move on to our third and final caller, all the way from Sweden, Robin Fredrickson. You can follow him on Twitter, at R underscore Fredrickson. Welcome to the show, Robin. No, thanks, Nina. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So you know what? I'm going to give you the floor. Take it away. What would you like to share with the panel? Well, as I was watching the game today, I felt that it wasn't... I don't really think it was that bad of a performance from us, really. Um... We created four, five, six decent chances, and if Salah puts his first one away, we're probably talking about a comfortable 2-0 victory, and uh, I think it's very important to separate performance from actual efficiency when it comes to converting on the goals, on the goal chances to score. And, uh, well, I, I think it was a decent game by the looks of it. And, and as many has mentioned before, we really didn't. We really weren't forced to win today. Uh, a point is decent, and uh, I was on the edge of my seat the entire game, but not based on any results. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat, fearing an injury to Salah or Firmino or even Henderson when he went down. Because like, if we lose, if we lose Firmino, then that means Solanke is playing in against Roma and perhaps in the Champions League final and. I don't even know who's going to play if Henderson gets injured. Um, and um, from a bigger perspective, like we lack a lot of depth. Uh, we lack a lot of depth. And uh, our top guns today, they look fatigued and they looked scared of picking up an injury. And I, I completely understand that. I, like Henderson hasn't been a top player for us this season, but the replacements in midfields aren't there. Ox is injured, Lamana is injured, and Coutinho went off in January. So we only have three players left. And, uh, well, I'm happy with the point. Our main focus is the Champions League. There's no doubt about that. And we're going to secure top four, no doubt. Um, I'm not overly worried about that. Uh, However, I I was a bit disappointed with the draw based on, like, uh, my father's there for his 50th birthday, so we sent mm. him to, to a Liverpool game for a trip, and he hasn't been there 10 years since his 40th birthday. Yeah. Uh, so we send him there once every 10 years. Uh, it's quite expensive to go from Sweden to watch the games, but, um, well, I think he would be probably pissed off, but <laughs> uh, it wasn't that bad for me. You know what? Happy birthday to your dad. And also, um, uh, somebody who's very, very close to um, Anfield Index, Susan Pacheco, all the way from America, went with her family to watch Liverpool today. Just gutted that, you know, Liverpool couldn't get on, the, you know, get on the whole scoring thing for, you know, the, the fans and the supporters that make those long journeys and trips once in a lifetime opportunity. That's the frustrating part. I mean, I think pretty much, Tom, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of saying uh, pretty much the same things, but... The, I mean, I have no idea what to say anymore with regards to um to this result and this game. I mean, do are you are you a hundred percent confident and happy with what's happened today? Because I'm I'm still frustrated. Um, the way I the way I saw it all day was I think we'll get a point today. I think a point today is a decent result. I'm not overly fussed if we do get a point. My concern was that. The longer it stayed at nil nil, the more concerned I was that we'd lose. Because mm. if we lose, if we lo- thing is, if we lose today, and we lose at Chelsea, then we lose top four. Whereas yeah. if we if we draw today, and we can afford to lose next weekend, so it takes the pressure off that Chelsea game, as has been pointed out. So it doesn't. I was more concerned that the longer it stayed at nil nil, the more likely Stoke were to nick a winner than I was with the actual result. I, and it I almost happened as well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Although though they were they were offside for that good chance yes. that they had at the end, which was annoying because. Of course, we don't get a decision go our way. Um, no, what Mike? I I don't think we were. I don't think we were horrendous today. I don't think we were good, but I don't think we were horrendous. We did for the first half hour, forty minutes. We were pretty. I thought we were. I thought we were pretty solid in the first half. We played played well enough in the first half. First half, we had obviously the goal disallowed, which was marginal. Two really really good chances. Could have had at least one pen in the first half as well. So I thought we. I thought first half we were fine. 
Second half, I think, and I, I'm going to isolate the crowd here again because I thought the second half was just such a typical performance. I thought the crowd were really poor again today because I knew this was going to happen. They do this where if 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 we're in a game where it's get, getting a bit tight and a bit after after an hour or so, the crowd starts to start to uh, get on the team's back, and that happened, and that's always frustrating because Klopp made it clear he thought the crowd would play a big part today, and I thought the crowd were, were quite frustrating in the sense that they they got a bit booey with the team, they got a bit jeery, they got a bit jittery, which which never helps because the team starts to get nervous, the team starts to panic, the team stop playing football, and it happens so often, we've seen it time and time again. I don't think it points a bad result, but I thought we could have played a lot better today than we did, especially in the second half, where I thought second half we just lacked any sort of composure or creativity. But one thing I do want to say about about the result and about is that defensively we look much better, um, even with a even with a bit of a makeshift back four today. We've only conceded one goal from teams in the bottom half at home, and that was West Brom and uh, West Ham. Sorry, and they lost that game four one. So you know, I mean, I mean, our results at home have been pretty solid against these sorts of teams. For for as much talk as you know, we haven't got enough points as we need to, and we've drawn a lot of frustrating games. If you look at the bottom bottom twelve teams, so everyone from Everton, that everyone below Everton, so from Leicester downwards, we've only dropped. Only dropped four points at home. Only two nil-nil draws at home. So it's not horrendous. Uh, and actually, if you contextualise a lot of our results against teams in the bottom half, it only feels like this is a frustrating result because we've seen it so many times over the last few years. Actually, if you look at our the kind and 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 actually, you know, two results in a week obviously makes it seem worse than it is. Three results in four games. But actually, if you look at our improvement as a whole this season, I think these sorts of games are becoming less and less frequent against teams in the bottom half. And there's plenty of evidence to show that. So I'm I'm not as concerned as I could be, especially when you consider the fact that the bottom line is we're not prioritising the league right now, and that's clear. And I agree we I agree we don't have the depth to compete on two fronts, but it is worth noting that depth is I think we've got defensive depth. Defensive depth is clear, we just need one more good centre back. Midfield depth, I think we have got midfield depth. It's just that all of our midfield is injured because our midfielders are injury prone. We are missing Three three central midfielders at the moment, so of course we're going to look slightly threadbare in that position. I mean, you there, you, make, you take take three mid take three central midfielders out of Man City's midfield, and suddenly they're going to look quite threadbare. You take take out De Bruyne and Fernandinho out of their midfield, and suddenly they're going to look a bit threadbare. Take you know De Bruyne, Fernandinho, and Gundogan out, and suddenly they're looking really ragged. So I but do then think. Look at our attack, Tom. You look our at attack our is, attack. Our attack is where we have an issue. Any... Right? If anything happens to them, we are absolutely up shit. Oh, no, I, I completely I'm touching agree on wood that. right now, and I'm just hoping that it stays the way it is and none of them get injured. And, you know, I think Klopp spoke in his uh, post-match press saying that Marnie should be fit and ready for Roma. And I think we all breathe a sigh of relief there, you know, because th- the drop is just, it's stark. The attack, I mean, as, as, as I was going to say, the attack is the one area in the squad where we do really, really lack depth. That much that much is clear. But you could argue that with Lalana and Oxley Chamberlain already out injured, we do, you know, we have slightly more, potentially slightly more depth in that area than we maybe have on paper at the moment. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's clear that attack is where we need to sign someone. But what I would say, I don't think the depth is as bad as some people make it out to be, just because on a game like today where we've made six changes, we six, five, six changes from midweek, we still should have won the game comfortably. We still created more than enough chances to win the game comfortably. Our best player, the best player in our squad, missed a golden opportunity, missed the best chance of the match, missed one of the best chances he'll get all season. On the, the bottom line, you know, the bottom line is if Mo Salah is as much to blame for our for us dropping points today as anyone else. If any, he's more to blame than most for us dropping points today. Those kinds of things do happen is what I'm trying to get at. You know, it's obviously not Mo's fault and obviously Mo's a phenomenal player. We can't blame him for it. But my point is that these things do happen. You know, it's not it's not entirely on the sort of the depth issue, if that makes sense. Because the bottom line is we did create enough chances today to win the game. Yeah, I, I agree. The game wasn't that bad. We created a lot of chances. We should have won. But I just feel like if we go back to what you talked about before, these ifs game, the draws from earlier, I think we would have seen significantly less of those if we had uh, a bigger depth in our squad and could, you know, fight on two fronts more uh, than we have this season. Um, but we have been unlucky as well with injuries. But like, if you look at our bench today, it's there's not a single player you want like in a starting eleven really, and. Um, uh, I, but I, I think that's going to be addressed this summer. I'm I'm sure, and uh, so I don't have a big worry about that. Um, sure, sure. Oh, go on. It's a slight worry that like Klopp might be too much in love with his like 
hardworking depth guys he does he has <laughs> that he has right now. Like today he spoke about the ambition to re-sign a guy like Ragnar Klavan, and that's I guess I guess he loves the guy, but like we need to improve our depth side, and if so, we can't extend players like him. And um, yeah. No, interesting. And Cam, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, um, him speaking about re-signing sort of work, you know, workhorses. Because, you know, Ragnar Klavan, I don't have any issues with him, but I think um, Robin's made a great point that, that he is getting a little older. I want to get your thoughts. Do you think it's as easy and as simple for us to get Champions League football? Like, are you content and comfortable? And I feel like these early kickoffs just play with something rotten. We just don't wake up for them. No, we never have done. Um, just touching on the draws again, um, we've, we've drawn seven at Anfield this season. So even if four of those we should have won comfortably, that's eight points more we should have had and we would have qualified for Champions League now comfortably. So. And players would have been rested. And players would have been rested. So it, it, it it's, a, you've got to look at the context of the whole season. It's not just about one game, unfortunately. Um, today was, it was meh. Yeah, and it was mere primarily because we were lacking numbers. We were lacking strength in depth. We we don't have quality to come in. We we we've, we've said this, and that that is going to cost us if we don't address it. Which are, again, I've said so. Um, I don't know. So for today, it it was almost expected. Tom's right. Mo Salah missed a guilt a chance. It's almost like. You know, that Mo Salah people were talking about at the beginning of the season, he, he misses too many chances. But he wasn't. But it felt like he was. But he missed he missed a glorious chance today. And the whole, you know, I, I've seen pictures online where uh, TV companies had already put goal up as soon as Mo Salah had kicked the ball. Yep. You know, mm. and it was like because everybody was certain he was going to score. Um, Trent missed a reasonably good chance. You know, the, the ball just got caught in his feet. Not yeah. sure how many other opportunities we really created in the game. Um, you know, that how many saves did Butland have to make? I don't really remember him having to make a save. Stoke could have scored in the first half. Uh, I think Crouchy nearly got to one, didn't he? Mm-hmm. With fizzed, fizzed across the uh, six-yard yeah. line. Um, you know, they, they could have scored one in the second half. Yeah, he was offside. Again, it, and it's... It's little things like this, you know. Thankfully, so far, it's not it's it's not bitters in the ass yet, because we're still in, you know, the top four. And ultimately, now it's just about top four. It's not about second or third or fourth. It's just about staying in one of those three places, and that's all we need to do, and that's all we need to be worried about. And 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 we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Well, it's easy to forget that we often speak about. If only this, if only that, we would have had eight, ten, twelve more points. That, like, every team has those same arguments for their team. And, uh, the same with the refereeing that we talked about before, that there's five, six, seven, eight games where we felt like we've been not helped by the referees. That if you ask any fan of any team this season, they could probably line up ten games where they felt that they, the referee hasn't been on their side. So I think pretty That's much. Me. That doesn't make it right though. If, you know, we have just you know we have justification for the refs not being on our side. I don't think. I mean, if you look at Man United, they are getting results from referees. Yeah, it's but that's what, that's from a uh, that's from a Liverpool's perspective. Isn't but it? I mean, if you want, I mean, if you want to line up every single refereeing decision objectively, I'm pretty sure it would find in our favour. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, think I, don't so I don't, too, I don't yeah. think that just because we're Liverpool fans saying Liverpool are getting bad results from referees, that doesn't make it true. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that just because. Well, just because other fans would sit there and go, that's not a penalty. I had a Man United fan sitting with me today, and he went, yeah, all right, you were mugged off today. Yeah, you know today, I mean? yeah, I think it's a stonewall penalty. I think that perhaps Mariner isn't in a great spot to spot it, and I think the linesman might be blocked by Ginny, but if we look at the replay, it's a stonewall penalty, absolutely. Even though we, I think we pretty much have to accept that any handball decision is a mm. pure lottery thing these days. It's it's a pure lottery. I uh, think um, uh, I don't I don't know, um, Robin. Uh, Paul Tompkins has done some extensive research into what teams get awarded penalties and where. 
it's all on the Tompkins Times website. Uh, some really I've got, a, I've got a tweet up from him. Yeah, in-depth articles and um, research. And he doesn't just look at Liverpool. He looks at the entire league. And there's a trend that referees don't give penalties to um foreign players so any penalty that Manchester City have won because they've won a fair bit it's mostly like the likes it is Raheem Sterling and Everton uh, get a shit ton of penalties as do Crystal Palace and all the players that are involved in getting these penalties of English there's a bit of a trend you know I I had him on my media matters show with um, Dan Dan Rhodes and we, we discussed this and then I started paying more and more attention to this because I thought okay I've read these articles I've spoken to you guys and I do see um, a trend. Um, I'm definitely seeing it. Oh, Marcel has been bought down. He ain't going to get a penalty because um, he's, he's not English. Uh, yeah, that might be true. But I think it also is very easy. If someone tells me that, if, if five people tells me that, okay, Romelu Lukaku is not going to get it. He, ne- he never gets a penalty. Then I'm going to start noticing every time he doesn't and sort of build that up in my mind. So, but... Uh, it might be true. If, it, but it maybe have... read the stats and the numbers because the numbers don't lie. Yeah, sure. But there's also the element of, well, who's right? We can look at a penalty situation afterwards and, and still be 10 people and three of them says it's a clear penalty, four says no, it's nothing, and three people say it's a yellow card for diving. So we. Well, here's we... one for you. Here's one for you. Palace have had nine penalties this season. Everton, eight. Brighton, seven. Liverpool, zero in the league. Out of all those teams, which one is, which one is the most attacking team? Well, Who's going to spend more time in the penalty area, in the opposition penalty area, out of those teams? Yeah. It's Liverpool. It's Liverpool. So the law of averages dictates if you spend more time in a certain area, there's more chance of a foul being committed against your players in that area. What will, what will cure this ultimately? and put an end to it, will be VAR when they get it right, when they get it speeded up. <laughs> when they get, get it right, that's yeah, the but, thing. But, they, but they, to get it right, they've got to implement it. Sure, you can't, you, work you with can't, it. But... You're not, you're not going to get it right by just saying, well, we can't have VAR because it's, it, it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because we're not giving it a chance to work. But and I... so you, you've got to start it, for me. That's, that's my view. Mm. I agree. But, it's it's baffling when people say mm-hmm. that you know, oh oh, it's not working. It's a trial. The, the key word there is trial. The whole it's not going to improve if you don't use it. The first time it's exactly you use like it, the first time you use it, it's going to be shoddy, and you're going to be inexperienced of using it because you've not used it. It's a new, it's a new facility that you're sort of um you know exactly. adapting to. I just I don't get that as well. How, I don't. How are they How are they supposed to know what the problems with VAR are unless they use it unless in they use matches? It. Exactly. How, how are they supposed to fix the problems if they don't isolate what those problems are and how best to solve them? And the only way to do that is to use it in football matches. It's on. A, it's just. It just. It, it baffles me because the thing is, if you look at the VAR penalty that we got against West Brom, how many of those would we have got this season? We would have got One. two or three today because mm. of the VAR. Because VAR, if VAR gives it to us, then clearly there's something right. It's clearly, you know, there's clearly there's something wrong there. If VAR is giving penalty decisions that we're not getting week in week out. And also that that game, we would have actually lost lost five one if it wasn't for VAR. Yeah, they're actually uh, had two goals taken uh, away because of VAR. If we had VAR in the in the Champions League this season, uh, let's the infamous Real Madrid penalty versus Juventus. Do you think they would have given it? Because there's still half of the world is shouting that was never any ever a penalty, and half the world is saying it was a clear penalty. Well, there's more I mean, chance of getting the decision I've right. Seen them given, the and I've seen them not given, but the people that are sort of talking down, the people that are saying that. It's a bit of a soft penalty. People saying that it's a stonewall penalty and it's a definite penalty. I don't agree with that because I don't think it's clear cut as that. A penalty is a penalty. It doesn't matter how the foul is. It's like the Salah incident today, the first one. It's like Nina said, oh, is, are we now looking at how long you're pulling on the arm or the shirt for? A pull is a pull. The weirdest thing about that situation was obviously that Mariner was playing the advantage. And there's never and an the advantage, advantage was, of uh, the having... The advantage was in the penalty. Yeah, exactly. There was never an advantage of there was never having an advantage. the ball. Like, <laughs> the advantage was the penalty, yeah. The other, thing is, the other thing is, Robin, you, you say, like, you know, the, the Madrid one's an example, but I haven't seen anyone trying to defend the majority of the decisions that have gone against us this season. That's the point. The majority of the decisions that have gone against us this season, there, haven't, there hasn't been a clamouring of people saying that we're wrong. People are just ignoring it. 
That's the thing. Or like, there have been a, a handful of decisions that maybe people would argue about. But the point is, there, there hasn't been this clamoring of people saying it's 50-50 because a lot of people recognise that we have. In, but the, the, peop, the problem is people aren't making the correlation because they're not Liverpool fans. If you're not a Liverpool fan, you don't notice that your teams get... You don't notice that we're getting mugged off week in, week out. You just look at the individual incidents each week and then by the time it comes around, the next one comes around, you know, two, three, four weeks later, you don't, you've got about it. That's the point. Yeah, sure. I I think, like, I'm obviously too a Liverpool fan, so I feel like we've been un- not helped by the referee on multiple occasions, but I also try to remember in those situations that pretty much every fan in the world thinks that their team is being... You're absolutely spot on. Um, yeah. You know, I, I love the fact that you are actually playing devil's advocate and you're not saying that it's just us, it's just us, and it's good to consider other fans. Um. Uh, and I, I completely get that. And there would be like Manchester United fans who feel like they get robbed and cheated and stuff. But then I think they've been also very fortunate as well because, you know, you look at the incident on Aguero, you look at the incidents on, um, you know, some of the incidents on uh, Marcelat against Manchester United. They're very lucky that their players haven't been sent off as well. So it's, it's really, really interesting. And I think every fan will always feel hard done by and cheated by the ref. But like the numbers are suggesting that we get cheated the most or one of the most. This season. Probably. Not for a fair few. Yeah. But also, um, um, in relation to what other fans feel, we probably had decisions this season as well that we shouldn't have had, you know, just to add a bit of balance to it as well. So it's not totally one-sided this season where it's completely against us. I'm sure that, you know, I can't think of anything that where I would say, oh, we were lucky we got away with one there. But no, but we tend to forget about those. We do, we do. But also, when we win games, we tend to win by more than one goal. There's very few games, you know, most of our wins have been by more than plus one of a goal, you know, the, the big wins. That's so it's probably in those games where we're getting the favourable decision because it doesn't really matter now. The referees let it go. When it's tight, like today, and you and you need the referee to make that crucial decision, they haven't. Yeah. They've got it wrong. I mean, the referee can see the offside for rings, but he can't see a handball. Come on. Yeah, that that was a clear penalty then, no doubt. Mm. Like like I said before, I think my the linesman's view was blocked by Ginny. Uh, I don't think Mariner is a good spot, but well, that's where your VAR comes in then. Yeah, that will get in the penalty for sure. But, but then I, the I, flip I mean, side I'm, to that, then Robin would be. I mean, you look at the Spurs game when um the referee runs to his linesman and he goes, did you see something? I didn't see anything. I'm just going to give a penalty. And there was a bit of a dispute, and they gave a penalty against us. I can't, re- you know. It's the inconsistency of officiating. If they were like, nope, that is never a penalty. We're not going to give them. But each time something different happens. And I think that's the issue that I, I certainly have with the officials in the Premier League. Yeah, sure. Uh, that game was weird against Tottenham. I agree. I, I, we got robbed that game for sure. And I, I think if we sum up the decision, I think Paul Tompkins uh, and, uh, your view is right that this season we have been uh, had more decisions against us than uh, with us. Uh, but I I think it's hard to analyze refereeing decisions when it, when when it doesn't come to offsides or was that goal over the line uh, because like I said it, we can have a penalty situation and have ten referees and they all disagree about whether whether or not that was a penalty or not even after seeing a hundred replays so. Uh, but yeah, if we sum it up this season, I'm pretty sure that we have had more decisions against us than with us. But I'm not sure how much it's cost us. We're still clearing the top four. And, uh, well, we wouldn't catch Man City. But yeah, it's annoying for sure when it happens. Absolutely. I think, you know, that is a really positive note to end that uh, on, uh, Robin. Uh, still, the ball is still in our court. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your call and your points. They were absolutely excellent, and you produ- you provided a really good debate there. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I usually take the devil's advocate side. No, it's good <laughs> to be that way. Absolutely. Uh, no, thank you so much. Thank you. It looks like Jurgen Klopp agrees with, with us as well, completely blanking and throwing shade at the linesman. Yes, Jurgen, you're the man. Um, that was our final caller, Robin Fredrickson. Now it's just myself and the awesome panellists that are Cam Brait and 
Tom Holmes. Guys, I think we've pretty much discussed the majority of that game, uh, the key points. Is there anything you want to get off your chest, like get some closure on this? Tom, I'll come to you. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight Van Dyke today because I feel like in amongst all of the, the chaos of the result and the refereeing decisions and everything else, I think it kind of can be understated that we were a lot better defensively again today. And someone like Van Dyke really has made such a big difference in that. And you could think was, he wasn't just making a making a, a sort of what's the way of describing? He doesn't. He's not. He's not just improving the defense in the sense that we didn't concede today. He actively seemed to be improving the defense today, and that he made two or three really, really important pieces of defending that we yeah. haven't seen someone in a Liverpool shirt do like that in a while. I think that's a great shout. Absolutely great shout. And you know what it is as well. We're kind of getting used to these amazing performances from Van Dyke and they don't even need to be discussed because that is his pedigree. A uh, great shout there. Van Dyke, I thought, had a, a really good game and he just has this ability to up everyone's performances around him, which is a sign of a a true, true leader and somebody who has bags and bags and bags of uh, talent. Uh, Cam, what about you? You Anything you want to get off your chest? Yeah, um, I would like to see Bobby and Mo come off today. Um, mm. Obviously, they played the whole 96 minutes in the end. And um, it, it shows Klopp was desperate to win the game. Um, he really wanted three points today, uh, which which is fine. I get that. But um, when it's n- not your day, just just make the changes. You know, the, uh, not having them on the pitch shouldn't affect us in the way we were still attacking because Stoke weren't really attacking us and looking to really get a goal. You know, they may have pinched one, you know, from a set piece or something, but still, um, you know, with Wednesday in mind, I would have liked to see uh, both of Bobby and uh, Mo come off. Interesting point there, but I think something that I've kind of noticed is every time Mo Salah comes off, we tend we to, to concede goals. Yeah, we got to shit. It's almost like yeah. him being there pins the defence back, the opposition defence, and yeah. had more and Firmino come off, they would have been like, fuck it, why are, we, why are we occupying the box? There's no threat here. They're not going to do anything. Let's just like get on top of them. And I think that kind of becomes costly for us. And I think we might have potentially dropped points had that happened. Um, but I, I do take your point on board uh, that you do want them rested and fresh for the game on Wednesday. Um, it is a great shout. Uh, for me, what do I want to get off my chest? Absolutely nothing. I think I've said everything. I absolutely cannot stand referees. I'm absolutely done with them. I'd rather have no referee and just let every man just kick the shit out of himself and figure it out for himself. Let's let's just go back down that road. Um, nothing really to say. Um, although I was a little surprised at some of Klopp's substitutions, but I do get them now. Um, I thought, you know, we've all highlighted that Gomez was having a really bad game. I was actually more surp- I was surprised to see Trent come off, but I'm assuming Trent plays on Wednesday, which is why he w- probably wanted to rest him. It makes sense in that regard. And maybe Gomez play into some good form. I get that as well. So nothing for me to say, guys. It's really hard. But is there a man of the match for you? Because um, I think there was a few players that were a little ropey today. Um, just quickly, uh, Klopp said after the game that Trent had a dead leg, which is why ah. he had to off. Um, my man of the match would be, I'm tempted to say Henderson, just because I know it would really, really rile a lot of people up. Because the general theme about when Henderson doesn't create five, six big chances a game, despite doing everything else pretty much, pretty much right. But I'm going to say Van Dyke just because I feel like if you look at the 11, which player did their job? The yes. best you've got to say, Van Dyke, of of the of the eleven players, did his specific job on the pitch the best out of the lot of them. I agree with you, and I would have cancelled you off this call had you said Jordan Henderson as well. Not because I have an agenda against Jordan Henderson; he's had put in some great shifts. But for me today, I thought the midfield was lacking at the hole, and I put his name into that hat as well. Uh, that's just for today's game. That is not a reflection on the man and how he does usually perform. Uh, Cam, what about yourself? Well, I was going to say Joe Gomez, but no. Um, I would have killed you. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say Clavin. I don't think you put a foot wrong. Mm. You know, I mean, he, he, I, I, I think overall he was actually as good, as, if not better than Van Dyke today. I think Van Dyke um, still made a couple of little errors that, that were there. Um, you know, he, he, he stops if he feels he's being fouled. And I don't like that. And he did it a couple of times today. And so, for me, then, I'm, I'm going to say Clavin. But obviously, you've already said it's so Van Dyke, so it's a mute point, really, isn't it? Not really. I'm not giving it to anyone. 
because I okay. think the defense, I think the defense just did their job and they defended and they were great. And I expect that. I'm not going to call it on anything. I think you both made some great shots. They both stand. I'll let the listeners decide. They can have a debate off with you, but um, two very, very good shouts. Uh, love them both. Right, guys, that is the end of the Nina Kaza show. Massive thank you to our callers. They were absolutely incredible, provided some great discussion points. Also, would not be a show without these two lads here, Tom and Cam. A massive thank you to you both. Before I let you go, i got to take some plugs. Tom, I know you are a consistent machine when it comes to writing and podcasting. So please let the listeners know where they can find you and more of your work. Yep. So I'm at Tom Holmes 19 on Twitter. Check me out. Um, you can find all my work on the, on the AI, on the AI website. Obviously I post pretty much all my work on, on my Twitter as well. Um, what I've got out at the moment, I've got, uh, the writer's pod, which obviously we do every week and it's a really good show. We get lots of great guests on and the guests are always brilliant. So that's one. Uh, and I've got an article at the moment about how the Roma, uh, the Roma game kind of shows both our strengths and weaknesses in one go and basically has a general discussion about whether or not the way that we play is viable as a title winning system or not, or whether or not it's just there's too many inherent weaknesses in it. Fabulous stuff. Do check out all the Tom's work and also do give AI Writers Podcast a listen. It is absolutely incredible. The the debates, the in-depth discussion of articles, the thought process that goes into these articles, everything discussed is phenomenal. You and Leanne do such a great job of that. Do check it out. And Cam, what about yourself? Um, yeah, you can find, find me on Twitter at Cam underscore branch. Um, you, you can hear me most weeks uh, on the main AI pod with uh, the brilliant Trev Downey and uh, we've got a new nickname for Copac. Just call him Scouse Honey. He'll know what you mean. So, um, yeah, Scouse Honey and uh, Danny, you find us on a main AI pod. This week's was really good. I felt um, we had a big uh, in-depth discussion on uh, obviously uh, the uh, situation with uh, Sean Cox and yeah. uh, thoughts and prayers with him. Um, a lot of talk about obviously uh, the Roma incident and in, in leading to what happened to Sean Cox and the way the authorities are, you know, tend to deal with anything Liverpool related when it comes to this type of stuff. So it was a really, really good uh, first part of the pod in that respect. And then it does get lighthearted afterwards, which, which is what we like to do. So, but yeah, um, that's me. It was again, another great pod. Do check that out as well. Um, massive fan of, uh, you know, you teaching, um, Trev Downey Bessie words. Uh, I'm down <laughs> with that a hundred percent. Do check out the AI pod. And uh, I think on behalf of everyone here, I'd like to extend my thoughts to Sean Cox. Please make a speed recovery. Get well soon. Thoughts are with you and your family. Pull through, fella. You'll never walk alone. That is the end of the Nina Kaza show. I, you know, I hope, you know, we, we make that final for every Liverpool fan, but most, uh, more importantly for Sean Cox. And, um, till next time, up the reds. Podcast Network.